podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. To 2-2 two, two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Go! Hello, welcome to another Touchy Gooners episode. It's your boy Dan Coogs on hosting duty today. I'm joined by Doc Lee and German Dan. How you doing, fellas? Uh, I'm good, bro. I'm as good as you can be after a 3-0 pasting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a tough one to take, man. It's a tough one to take, I guess. 3-0 loss away to Crystal Palace. Not the ideal response um, to some of the results that happened this weekend. But, you know, we move. We move. Um so before we get into it, before we get into it, just a minor housekeeping um, duties. Make sure you, uh, if you are listening to this on Spotify, make sure you go and give us a five-star review. Um, new feature they've added to Spotify. So if you if you haven't done that yet, make sure you click that five stars, leave us a review and get us up them, them, them charts, man. Um, Touchline Fives, our next match is against Muga, I believe, on the 26th of April. So if you are interested in playing and representing the tea, the Touchy Gooners, we're going for a little invincible thing at the moment. Unbeaten so far, um, top scorers, um, you know, slapping everyone that comes in the way. So if you want to be part of that, you want to try lift a little bit uh, of silverware at the end of the season, make sure you DM us um, on Twitter um, and we'll do our best to get you in the team. So guys, Crystal Palace away from home, a 3-0 slapping. To be honest, a three-nil slap, and we've not won. I think we've won once at Selhurst Park in like the last um, four or five seasons. So you know, it's not a friendly place for us to go. So, Doc Lee, I'll start with you, man. Where where did it all go wrong, man? Where did it all go wrong? Um, do you know what? <laughs> I feel like people are overreacting a little bit to um, to what's been going on. I mean, we, we're going to lose games of football at the end of the day. Like we're we're not some super team. No one's a super team. You, you see, all teams lose a game of football. I mean, it's okay to analyze it, but like we lost in it. So nothing went wrong. We lost the game of football, but there are some underlying concerns that I've had for a little while about the team. And I think people who obviously listen to this platform or us lot in the group chat will know. Um, this is why I've been calling for certain players in our signings. Like I've been calling for the likes of maybe not the most talented players, but people who are really athletic and can win jewels. Because my big thing is, I feel like the team is, is really good. I really like the team at the moment, especially the first 11. But particularly in the squad, I feel that we can definitely be um, physically outdone and that we're kind of lightweight and we don't have enough runners and people who can sort of run side by side with people going to 50-50s, win the ball. So I feel like this kind of... Crystal Palace team, you can see how aggressive and athletic they are. They're kind of a, a bit of our 
they, they, they really complement all our flaws and are, they're kind of our Achilles heel. And I feel like there are a few teams in the league that can do this to us. So um, where I think it went wrong, I don't think it went wrong. All our players had a bad day. It, it just is what it is. But I do have some underlying concerns in the athleticism of the team. And I feel that in the next wave of recruitment, these, these concerns need to be addressed. Mm. Yeah, fair play, man. Fair play. Because I think, you know, if you look at it, um, we've kind of sh- we str- struggled early in the season, I think, away from home. Um, there was a game at Brighton. Um, there was the home game at Crystal Palace, actually, as well. Um, Everton, Man United. Um, and it seems that, you know, when the, when the atmosphere um, is kind of loud, <laughs> these guys, they struggle to find um, find their feet, struggle to, you know, um, maintain a high technical level, um, I would say, because there was a few performances, um, I thought, in this game that, you know, they, they were very underwhelming, um, especially compared to the uh, performances that we've been seeing um, from them of late, and we'll get and we'll get into that. But German, anything you want to add um, about what Lee was saying about the physicality of the team? I feel like I feel like we have a first string of um, players that has good physicality. Um, I wouldn't say we are like an elite um, PMP team or anything like that, but I think we are we are we are we are made to compete. We are ready to compete when everyone is fit. But when you don't have um, Tomiyasu missing, when you don't have Tini missing. When you don't have, um, you know, a striker that, is, that already has those physical deficiencies, um, I think it kind of piles on. And then you meet a team that is super, super physical. Um, as Lira said, Palace are um, uh, athletically very, very well equipped. Um, they can run for ages. Um, they have players that can run over longer distance for time. You know, all these things that 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 kind of play into it. And I think we're decent physically, but we don't have some of those athletes like if you look at our team even Partey I wouldn't class him as someone like Coyote athletically you know he's a he's a much better player but athletically I think Coyote is probably better than him you know so um and he's one of our better physical players um I think when when I look at the players that are elite physical in our team it's probably just Gabriel and um Tomiyasu I think is very very good athletically as well I think Ben White is decent. Uh, I think I think Tierney's very good, but he's not very tall. So there's you know there's players that I just think they're good, but they're not at the top at the top shelf athletically. Um, when it comes to duels, you, you'd say anyway. Um, and then when you have someone like Martinelli also not playing, um, I think it takes that um, the added in- intensity that we sometimes have from his play um, and how he kind of you know um, I think he affects the way the way he plays affects other pe- other people as well. I just felt we had a slow start and they caught us. You know, when were the goals scored? First 20, I think. Mm. It was very early. We were 2 0 down already. And then then it was an uphill fight uh, and to give, getting into our rhythm, which they were still disrupted in the first half. And then in the second half, we got into our rhythm. And I actually, I honestly still believe we could have come back from it if it wasn't for that penalty because we mm. had very good chances. We still, we, we started to find the way we, we played in recent months. And I think, um, I, I, I still saw some positives in that game. Obviously, we got absolutely, you know, we got put in a body bag. Three knows is a clear scoreline. Uh, there's, mm. there's no, there's no hiding about that. But I still saw things in the game where, I thought, okay, this team, what we've, what we've done in the last three months is not completely gone. Um, you know, there was a bit unfortunate as well that we didn't score one or two goals. Mm. Yeah, and I think, I think that's a fair, I think that's a fair evaluation because, you know, I think it was, it was almost, you know, maximum punishment. 
um, for the way that we started the game. Because I remember in a group chat, people saying, oh, we, like, we went down early, first sort of 15 minutes. People saying, oh, we deserved that. But, you know, I, I didn't really think that we did. You know, I know we started poorly, but um, I don't think Palace were actually that dangerous um, at any real point in this game. Um, you know, the, it's, it's a, I think it's, it's a silly free kick to give away. I don't really like it when... Um, players give away free kicks in those sort of um, those wide areas because, you know, there's not really any um, danger for our goal. So you don't really need to foul anyone um, as far as I'm concerned, especially in the way that Ben Ben White did there. And it gives them um, a goal scoring opportunity because, you know, they have, you know, that height and physicality that you guys have mentioned um, against us. And, you know, it's a mistake at the back post from um, Nuno and then they're 1-0 up. And then, you know, uh, again, they were still pressing us and pressing us. Um, and then it's, I think it's, it's, it's a hopeful pass. You know, it, it turned out to be a good one from Anderson. But, you know, I don't think it's a, it's an amazing um, defence splitting pass. Um, Gabriel obviously got sucked in. Nuno, uh, anticipating that Gabriel's going to get the ball. Um, he goes to sleep as well. And then, you know, AU's in for a one-on-one. And so, you know, you're 2-0 down inside 23 minutes. And Palace have basically scored their only two shots on goal. Um, and it's those individual errors that that cost you in the end, and then you're you're fighting an uphill battle. But you know, I think that overall, um, yeah, we could have dealt with the physicality better. But I still don't think that it's the physicality is why is the reason why we we lost this game because I don't think Palace created too much danger, even whilst they were still pressing us. Obviously, I get that. Um, you know, you're more inclined to make mistakes if you're if you're sort of feeling frazzled. Um, by the press, which which um, is definitely a factor that I think is relevant. But, you know, if you're able to come out of that 20 minutes at nil-nil, um, then I think, you know, mentally you can grow into the game as we've seen uh, in previous matches um, this season. You know, I think Southampton at home is a good example uh, where they pressed us and they caused us, um, you know, a lot, a lot of issues under pressure, but they weren't necessarily too dangerous. We rode that um, period and then we came in and we slapped them three 0 um, and I look at this game as it's it's disappointing to me that you know we we allowed ourselves to make these sort of errors because our heads were our heads definitely went um, early in this match um, and so it's disappointing to me um, that we weren't able to get something because I think that, that was a very winnable um, a very winnable fixture so. You know, I want to get onto some of these individual performances, you know, because there, there was a couple of guys that, so we did a post-match spaces, um, it's uploaded on the Patreon, or you can go listen to that on Twitter as well. Um, we did a we did post-match spaces and we talked about a few things, but we didn't really get to talk about this guy too much, um, you know, weren't really, weren't really mentioned. So I want to talk about uh, Martin Erdegaard here. So this isn't, um, you know, me cooking up agendas, you know, because of stuff that I said before previously, but, you know, this guy has been playing really, really well for us in the past um few weeks and months um he's definitely been one of our top performers i think he's been nominated for player of the month for arsenal um every single month in 2022 um you know which shows how uh well he has been playing but um this game reminded me of the first game back after international break last season which was the liverpool game at home um where he came back i think they've said that he had a little bit of a knock um, but he was, he, he basically just wasn't in that game, wasn't able to, you know, control the ball. His technical level was quite low. Um, and we got panned 3-0 that game as, as well, I believe. Um, and in this game, 
he just he, he couldn't control a ball. He couldn't control a football. The balls were fizzing off his um, his shins. You know, he was chasing his touch. Um, and I thought him and his lack of technical security meant that we struggled to to, to keep our, our foot on the ball and we lost um, a lot of momentum when we were able to try um, and, and, and string a few passes together. So, you know, um, Leroy, I know you're a big fan um, of him, but but like, what what's the reasons behind that 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 level of performance from him? I, I don't know. I mean, you have to ask him. I don't know. I, um, he he just had a bad game. Yeah, you're right. He just wasn't technically secure. Um, he he, he kind of does this when he comes back up from international break, hasn't he? He's done it a couple of times, but I, I don't know if there's any particular reason. I, I feel like, but it wasn't just him. The whole team were off. Um, but when he has a bad game, and he because the thing is, he's not like he's not going to win duels. He does press very well, but. If he's not technically secure and creating and he's giving away balls, then he doesn't really offer much. That, that's the issue. So I wish I could give you an answer for that. I, I can't. Mm. He's just, um, yeah, he's just not really played very well. Mm. Yeah, Dan, anything? Yeah, um, um, I was obviously very disappointed with his um, performance because, as you said, he, he's in the team for certain reasons. And when, when he can't give that, then you kind of feel like he, he he's redundant. Um and um it was I was one of them ones where I thought okay, um and I've said this before I think he's a ribbon player. Once his ribbon gets disrupted early on, he struggles to get back into the game or find his footing. And Palace definitely did that. They disrupted his rhythm. They're very very strongly pressed Partey. I think he was just not able to get on the ball, which then made Udegaard get less on the ball. And I also felt like he realized the game was really physical and he actually didn't want it. Um, he didn't want to come deeper for the ball or anything like that looking for um, new solutions. So um, I feel like, as they, as I said, they disrupted his rhythm and he couldn't get into it. Um, he just, he just, um, yeah, I think he, yeah, I don't know. What was I going to say? He disrupted his rhythm. And I think, I think, yeah, as you said, from an international break, it's really weird because I think I was thinking maybe it's to do with the intensity level because when he came back from international break um, last time, I'm not sure if he had a, a performance where I kind of thought what's going on with him, but I, I, I do remember so, and I think it's because the level of opposition he plays with Norway, um, the teams that they face, the intensity that they play at, he's having a jolly up, he, he's dunking it on Gibraltar and Armenia, and then he coming into the Premier League playing against Crystal Palace, who's running that, who are running at him like 100 miles per hour, so it's a completely different ball game, and I feel like maybe that sharpness always kind of fades when he goes on international break. And that's kind of mm. what I thought because I, I remember watching that Amenia come and people were like look at look at our boy Odegaard. It's like Amenia though, <laughs> and then he mm. comes in the Premier League and he's getting you know he's getting mustered up. But um, I think was what was really poor from both him and Partey was okay. You your touch might be loose a little bit. You have, might chase it a couple of times, but when you have control of the football, find a teammate. Mm. And on those occasions, they still struggled. And mm. um, as I said. I'm not a big fan of Ajaka. It's well worth the comment that I've been on the spot for since his inception, really. Um, and I don't think anyone on the spot is a big advocate of Jaka. But both Parta and Udegaard being in the 70%, so in around 70% for the passing completion in that game is, is abysmal. And um, it's just very, very bad. And when, that, when you have both of them doing that, um, it negates and it, well, it, makes us, it makes us not play because we know Jaka doesn't play those, those you know, vertical passes. Doesn't doesn't really take men out centrally with his passes, so when he has ninety five or ninety two percent, cool, that ball's only going down the line. Um, and and he did have some good passes in the second half. Don't get me wrong, but in the grand scheme of things, the ball is not going to the areas and zones that we wanted to go to. And 
that for me was the biggest disappointment that both Udegaard and Partey at the same time played like this and couldn't look after the ball. And mm. I, I think that's the reason we lost. That's the mm. reason we lost. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, and you know, to be fair, I'm going to credit Crystal Palace um, for that because, you know, I think it's been said on the TL um, that, you know, they scouted us. You know, Vieira done his homework. You know, he's been watching us. Um, and those two, they're, they're sort of our main uh, weapons in build-up, you know. And I think they, they did an effective job to sort of mark them out the game and ensure that they didn't get the time and space um that they wanted because if you look at if you looked at it in the past few weeks like when we played Watford you know Partey and Erdogan they had a jolly up um that game in possession you know they couldn't the opposition couldn't get near them and you know it was a case of yeah well if you guys want to play um I think Arteta said it in his post-match uh press conference that we didn't earn the right to play you know what I mean that you know if they're going to get pressed in Erdogan you're supposed to be you know one of the league's best technicians um if we're going to keep it a buck and we're going to we're going to test that you know, we're gonna we're gonna see what your touch is really on when Kuyate and Schlupp and Conor Gallagher, the press monster, you know, is uh, is 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 breathing uh, down breathing down your neck. And to be honest, they didn't rise to the challenge, um, unfortunately. And you know, and I think it's now because you know Partey especially, and I think Erdogan, just in terms of uh, amount of games played, um, time at the top level, time playing first team football, etc. They are our senior players in that team, um, alongside, you know, Xhaka, um, Lacazette, etc. They're the technical they're, leaders, we'd say. They right? are, they're, yeah, they're technical leaders. And I think they're, they're, they're just actually the actual leaders on the pitch, really, um, just in terms of experience and uh, time at the top, time playing in these sort of grounds and these sort of games as well with pressure on. Um, and for me, they let us down. They, they 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 let us down. They let us down, which is unfortunate. Um, but you know, hopefully, and I just looked at the international thing, so you might be right because Norway, their last game um was uh, a nine nil win against ten men Armenia. Yeah, so you know that's not going to sure be. We, and I'm sure before that last international break was like Gibraltar, and then yeah. before that I think it was like I don't know maybe I don't know I don't know it was it was some other smaller Mont country Montenegro yeah in Gibraltar yeah. in the previous one so it's not yeah so it's not like he's why are they playing such poor games though I don't understand so it's not like they're getting yeah it's not like they're getting you know great um this is, this is at a great level. On this side note this is where Cristiano Ronaldo's getting all his international goals by the way in <laughs> <laughs> <and> those games <laughs> yeah but let me say that though because I, I know this is going a bit off like off off topic but you know um this is why the choice of who we have in the left eight position is really important to me because mm -hmm. if you notice it's not just um us it's city as well um when you play with this kind of single picket we, we're putting a lot on party right and he is the build-up in a nutshell and obviously new um not newcastle crystal palace were really smart they pushed up on lacazette didn't let him really play couldn't really do nothing they also pushed up on. Um, they pushed up on a party, and they, they they basically pressed party out of the game and didn't let him play. And this is why, in my opinion, that person in the left there in Shaka's position needs to be of the Shaka mold in terms of he needs to be a double pivot player in that position. Basically, he needs to be a proper midfielder because in that position we really should have switched it around and had Shaka drop deep and started to do the build up. And I think he did that with the substitution when he took Nuno off and tried to put him at left back. But that needs to be something that you can do in game. Um, and with party, 
I, I'm with our light uh, midfielder signings. I really want someone who can basically deputise for party as well as playing that midfield eight, and also in game can drop in and also assist in build up when that a team basically tactically tries to do us like that. We need to be able to switch to a double pivot or switch around completely and, and use party as a decoy. Party takes away the press and then the, the player drops in so we can then build and get out. Um, this is why we're linking us with sort of our people linking us with this type of person for the left. Eight. I don't want that type of player. I want a, a Neves, a Basuma, uh, even, okay, maybe a better passer, but a Neves, a Basuma, someone who's a proper double pivot player who can kind of play that role, deputise for party, and also in-game can help us with build-up. Mm. Yeah, and I think, I, think that's, I think that's right. And I think um, one thing that we, we sort of don't have in it, with, Odegaard does it a little bit, but I don't think he's really got that, that burst um, over the first few yards. And Partey does it... Um, almost sort of like when he's being pressed. He's, in recent weeks, when he's been playing in that six, I've not really seen him drive forward um, with the ball um, as much and sort of take people out of the game with um, with carrying. Um, so I think, you know, a ball carrier um, and a dribbler would also help in that regard. So like, you know, when we're getting pressed, yeah, there's someone yeah. that, can, that can take people out with a, a drop of the shoulder um, and beat that first line um, is something that we're severely missing in that midfield as well. You know what you man describing, right? A Real Madrid player right there. <laughs> you you describing Camavinga or Tremini. So, mm. I mean, yeah, I think I definitely agree that player needs to be physical. He needs to be dual competent. Um, but and you would not. You'd also want them to be able to dribble. And I'm thinking, okay, what kind of? I mean, we don't know the market. We don't scout it uh, to the level that they can. We're not using Insta Scout. We're not using Y Scout. You know, um, but. I still like Renato Sanchez, man. I know his injuries are fucked <laughs> and they have been fucked for a few years, but that is a that is a that's a big, big talent in my opinion. I just don't know. I kinda and I and I get why you don't wanna go down the oh, wow route, Leroy, but I think a team like us, we need more strings to our bow. So yes, I would get that player that you have described. I think that's um, absolutely crucial. And in addition to that player, I'd still get a while because there's games at home where we don't face this type of pressure. We need more invention. We need more, more creativity. We need more ball security. Where and now are in the left centre centre midfield role, um, he will be very very useful. I think at this moment in time, his stocks are just not that high anymore. I still think he's good. I've seen him a few weeks ago play. He's still very very good. People mm -hmm. just have forgotten about him. You know, um, we could watch him. We could watch him today. I think they're playing. Um, they were playing yeah, West yeah. Ham. West Ham. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be a good match. So okay, let, let me ask you. So if you are looking for an, an offensive option or a ten type in that uh, left grip, why not ESR in because those I, because Because I'm, I'm not sure on, on what position ESR is going to be playing in the future. And I really, really like ESR, and I think he could play in that in that role potentially, so that's a good internal solution. But we need more layers in our squad. So there could be games where we have ESR on the left and with a while. Um, you know, I'd like that 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 sort of flexibility that, okay, Martinelli might not be playing, we now have ESR and um and Awa playing. Um ESR is not playing, we have Martinelli and Awa playing. Awa is not playing, we have ESR Martinelli playing. That kind of um, flexibility, I think, is very, very, you know, good. And that's what City have. And they don't have 25 players like Liverpool. They have what, 18 or something, 18, 20. 
but yeah. they're all very, very good. And that's what I want Arsenal. No, I, I agree. I want a high quality small squad because I think that's the best way to go. But where I disagree is I think if you're then buying um, another an hour, I think our squad then, especially our midfield, becomes very offensive heavy. I think then because if, if you've got, uh, who's it? Elneny's going to leave. Um, we'll be left with Lokonga. Um, he's not really up to it at this moment in time. Lokonga, Party, and whoever we sign. Um, we two, probably two guys, right? And if Shaka leaves as well, I personally would like to see more base midfielders and proper centre midfielders in the team. I feel like you need three quality base midfielders and centre midfielders in the team, and then mm. Lokonga is fourth, the young up and comer. So if I had two midfield signings, um, I, I would be, especially with Oneni leaving, um, if Shaka does leave, especially. I was really looking at two that type of midfielder rather than an hour as well. Uh, I've got you've got ESR and your other guard as your creative options in, in those positions. Um, and then I'd be looking at obviously buying a wire player to compete with Martinelli um, and replace Pepe basically, Martinelli, um, it, um, Saka, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Yeah, the thing is, the thing is, I I hear I hear that, you know, and I and I think of the two arguments, I would lean towards Dr. Leroy on that one a little bit more, just because um, I think ESI is going to end up as an eight um, for me. If we're playing this 4-3-3, I think that's where um, I see him. I think, you know, his strengths and his um, the things that he's really good at, even though he can play wide left, and that would be a good wide left option to have um, in the squad. I think you saw the difference when um, ESR was playing there versus when Martinelli came on. Um, and then we saw... Uh, Martinelli being able, I think Martinelli's way more of um, a touchline winger than Smith Rowe is. I think Smith Rowe's like very, very good in the half spaces between the left back and the uh, um, and the centre back, and he can also receive it um, deeper, turn on it, drive of the ball, um, combine um, inside. Um, so I, I quite like him in that position, and I think you know if you do want that offensive option there in the in the eight that we do have have that already in the squad. Um, and I think in terms of what we need to, to add is more steel, um, is more dri like dribbling capability, is more press resistance um, and a bit more uh, mobility to, to shore us in, in these games where we're going to get pammed. And in the big games as well, where, you know, the duels and the 50-50s are going to be so key. Um, uh, I think I think something like that um, will be will be necessary. And then you can go out and you can sign another wide forward um, who is more in that sort of you know, outlet um, uh, uh, mould where you know that, you know, like a Mane, like a Salah, where, you know, we, we can play the ball up to them. It's going to stick. Not that it doesn't stick with ESR, but they've got that bit more um, explosiveness and that 1v1 um, ability um, that can also play up top as well. So, you know, I think that's that's what I would personally like to see us do um, in the summer, but it remains to be seen. But you guys touched on something there um, in terms of our backup number six um, as we, as, as, uh, you know, we've read in the Athletic and whatnot that Losonga, um, Losongu um, has been, um, you know, he's he's been moulded to be the Partey understudy, right? So he's not going to be that that left eight. He's going to be the number six, and that's the position that the club sees him in. Um, so Partey pulled up with an injury. We'll talk about that as well, and we'll talk about his performance as well um, in a bit more detail. But Partey pulled up with that injury, um, uh, which is, you know, quite frightening. Actually, you know what? Let's talk about that now, and then we'll go on to look. We'll go on to look some yeah. But so that Partey injury, Doc Lee, they're saying, um, you know, uh, it's the same. 
it's the same injury as uh, the one that he had before um, suffered from against Spurs. And I think that kept him out for like 10 games. Mm. Um, it's like a hamstring tear or something like that, right? So, you know, um, how worrying is it that, you know, it's, 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 a re it's reoccurred? Um, and, you know, is there any chance that, you know, he's going to be back in like two games time? Um, it depends, right? So, yes, there is a chance he's going to be back in two, in two games time. It depends on what he's felt because they say he's felt, um, what do they say? They say he felt something. If it's a mild muscular strain and no significant damage, he could be back in two games time. And it was just, yeah, he felt a, a, a bit of a strain and a, um, a bit of pain. That's fine. Worst case scenario, it, it just depends on what grade the injury is. If it's like a, a severe injury, he could be out for weeks again. So he could technically keep his season over. So um, it's a real difficult one. It's a real difficult one until you've got more information, more scanning, um, etc. Um, we we don't, we don't know anything else. In terms of um, how worrying it is, uh, he, he stayed fit for quite a while. It's a little bit worrying, I guess. I repeat the same injury, but these things happen. He's played a lot of football. He's, he's got he's travelled on international duty. He probably had a bit of partying. You know what he's like after um, getting Ghana through and that. So I, I don't know. Um, I really, really don't have enough information to give you any more of an opinion than that. Really, what do you think, Jonathan? Are you worried about the injury? Yeah, I'm definitely worried. I'm definitely worried. I feel like I've been in the last three months, especially. I've been relatively positive about what we I think we could achieve. Um, and um, and getting top four, um, really been thinking, okay, if this team stays fit, um, if the key players stay fit, if they keep performing, um, this team can uh, can definitely do it. And we we were in the driving seat. Um, this loss has made this a bit more tricky. Yes, we still have a game in hand. That game in hand is not easy. Um, we're now below Spurs. We need to get the goals up. Conceding three wasn't great. And then when you then have, when I think, in this system, I think Partey is the most important player um, without him, we don't have the same groove, we don't have the same swagger, we don't have the same authority playing football. Um, I, I am worried. And Lokonga, um, as I said, a decent talent. I think he, he probably isn't ready right now. From what I've seen last time, he didn't look ready to me. Um, and he has good flashes. Um, he had good flashes at the start of the season. Um, but, you know, we ask him for crunch, it's crunch time now. We need the experience and the best players to play. Um, if he comes in and does a madness, fair play. But I I'm worried about that. Um, and I really hope it's, it's, it's just precaution that he came off. But I, I think it probably wasn't. Um, he played, you know, two games against Nigeria, which were very competitive, very physical. Um, I can't imagine that the travel was easy. Um, and then coming back straight in. Um, I think he had a couple of days off, actually. I think he came back on like Thursday or uh, Wednesday or something like that. But... Um, um, straight into the next game against Crystal Palace, which was again a super physical game, and I felt like, and and to touch on what you said earlier, then their game plan was to disrupt Udegaard and disrupt Partey. Many teams have tried it this year. Many teams have tried it because it's obvious how we play. They just haven't been able to do it because they've been mm -hmm. hooping on their heads, you know. So in this game, they were able to do it. Now I think it probably some sort of fatigue, some sort of you know lack of sharpness. Um, I felt like I was seeing in Udegaard and in Partey. And that he then ended up also being injured is it's not a good sign, in my opinion. Definitely not a good mm. sign. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think you guys are spot on there, really, to be honest, because this is <laughs> this is this is exactly what we didn't want to happen, you know. Um, and I said it on the main pod. It's pretty, I feel like I jinxed it almost. Yeah, that I was like, 
you know, pending any injury issues, you know, we should be, you should, we should be able to, you know, handle these fixtures and then boom, two key players out like that next game, you know. Um, and I know people are, have been worried about um, us getting injuries and, and, and that kind of thing. And it was basically this, this international break, I thought was going to be the last time that these guys would really feel um, that sort of, you know, that that game load and that pressure of playing multiple games, etc. Because, you know, really and truly, we can't do any better. We can't do any more in terms of our fixture list um, to manage the load of these players, really. Um, been playing one game a week since, you know, basically January when we went out to uh, Liverpool. So it, it, it basically just comes down to, to, to luck at that point, um, whether or not you're going to escape uh, injuries or not. And it seems that, you know, our luck, um, has kind of has kind of run out um, in this in this match. So I'm touching wood that no more key players drop because you know then then I think we we would really be really be in the mud. And you know I think the Partey performance it clearly shows that this guy needs to be at the peak of his physical powers to to perform. You know because it's clear that he was in that sort of that red zone and we've seen it before that when this guy's not fully fit, let's say um, the level of performance that we get. Um, is uh, is chalk and cheese to the ones that we've been we've been uh, seeing in in recent weeks. So yeah, disappointing. Um, and we'll touch wood. Hopefully, is back soon. Um, I think it's now four exactly. Uh, it's going to be two weeks till uh, the Chelsea game, um, which is uh, which is in a couple of Saturdays' time. So you know, um, hopefully, he's back back in time for that, uh, so he can slap Jorginho's head. Um, like uh, like Modric, Cruz, and Casemiro did yesterday, you know. So, yeah, we'll we'll fingers crossed, fingers crossed for that one. But you know, his understanding. And, and hold on, and Kante's bald head. That boy was last night. Running into space, yeah. So, boy, um, yeah. So a peak one, but his understudy came in. You know, this is the guy that. Um, I guess all the talk in the summer, they said, you know, we're raising the floor of the team. Last season, Partey got injured um, and our season pretty much fell apart because we didn't have adequate replacements in the squad for him. So the club drafted in um, Albert Sambi Lakonga. Um, and, you know, I think, his, I think his time so far at Arsenal has been hit and miss, to be honest. I think there's been some good games. Um, and there's been some, you know, quite poor games as well. And I think this game against Palace was, um, I thought it was, a, it was a very good cameo from him, to be honest. Um, I thought uh, he was he was kind of strong in the challenge. You know, he still looked a little bit lightweight to me that he was sort of on the edge of missing some of these challenges. But he got there and got his, got stuck in. And then I think on the ball, he was quite good. Um, some some good passes between the lines. Um he, he he tried to make things happen, and I think he was at the middle of you know some of our some of our really good plays. So you know, how do we feel about you know lining up with Lukonga in that six for these last uh, these last nine games potentially? Spooky, Ooh, it's scary. I can't lie to you. Um, do you know what Lukonga? Like, I'm not saying he's bad. Don't get me wrong. I think he's got potential. He's got some really nice qualities, but I just don't think. He's up to being the main man in in that 
single role in midfield. I don't think he's got all the qualities that party has. I don't think he's robust enough. I don't think he's physical enough. He's got a nice touch. And you know what? I actually think he's he's very good in small spaces. I think he actually think looking at his qualities, he'd be better in one of the eight roles, personally. But um yeah, it's a little bit worrying. And just defensively ball winning, um being there by himself, covering the ground. I don't know. I think they might have to switch to a double pivot. I think they have to switch to the formation because I don't. I don't think we'll be able to do it. Mm. Mm. I think yeah, because the thing is though, he's been, you know, he's been he's been kept out the firing line for a while. Uh, that that was his first minutes in. I don't even know how long. I can't remember the last time I saw him. To be honest, um, Liverpool League Cup. Last time I saw him, I think. Really, that's because that's a very long time to not play any football. Um, you know, and I think this is a, a you know a little bit of a criticism of Arteta that I have that you know you're out, you're in the team or you're out the team, and there's no like you're not basically you're not one of his uh, if you're not one of his trusted subs, then it's kind of tech, it's kind of techy for you. Um, so yeah, no, so it looks like he's been on the bench every single game since the Burnley nil nil at home where he played ninety minutes. Um, and before that, uh, he played nine minutes against Southampton in December. And then before that, uh, it was the 27th of November, November, Newcastle. So, you know, he's not played a lot of football in, you know, what's this that's coming up to five months. Um, Probably five, nearly six months. Um, yeah, nearly six, yeah months. nearly six months. He's played 90 minutes twice. Um, and then nine minutes and then 15 minutes. So for me, that's not a very good usage of squad. And maybe that points to why Partey's broken down a little bit here. But, you know, maybe it's game state because our games have been, you know, quite tight um, uh, in the past few weeks, been winning by a lot of one goal margins. So, you know, maybe if we were two or three nil up, he has the opportunity to rest players a bit more. So, you know, um, that'll come on to, uh, that, that'll come on to another player that, that will talk on, um, a bit later, that I think is uh, a main a main reason and driver for that. Um, so maybe that's why. But you know, I do feel that Lokonga could have played a bit more football and get into the rhythm um, a little bit more. But you know, it, it is what it is. And I think you know, for that to be your first your first minutes in you know coming on three months, um, I think it was a good cameo, man. I think it was a good cameo. And I know Dan, you're not the biggest fan of Lokonga, so um, I'll let you I'll let you speak on him as well. Yeah, I think it was a good cameo as well. I think I saw uh, I saw good things from him. And as I said, I've seen play um, games. I think it was Watford at home, and I thought we played quite well. I think it was him and um, Andy um, Metinals in midfield. Um, I've seen them have good games, but I feel like when the game is fast and frantic, when the game is get more physical, when other teams are pressing us, that he leaves a lot to be desired, in my opinion, because he 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 was shying away from the ball. Um, he was not able to, you know, um, win um, a lot of huge duels. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from him because he could come in and because I, I think he has talent. I don't think he's completely sure or anything like that. I just I don't rate him like other people do. Um, but he has talent. He could come in and play quite well. Um, we have seen him do that um, on in the right circumstances. Or he could come in and be be crap. You know. Um, yeah, I think I think it's very difficult to say. It's a it's a bit of a party bag. You know. Like, let's see what's going to happen. I'm pretty sure he will play the next game. Um, I don't think they will use Partey next game. They will probably aim for, as you said, the Chelsea, maybe the United game for Partey to be back. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so it's a, it's a techie one because, 
you know, I think what's our next game, Brighton, and then we got Southampton. So these are two teams who have um, good organised presses. And I think you know, if if I'm the manager, Hassan Hoot and Potter, you know, I'm going to be looking at at Lusungu in midfield and saying, you know, we need to pam this guy. We need to we need to aim for him and 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 make sure his head's kettled because you know, if you're looking at the games past Anfield, he did not cope well with um, with that pressure. I think Nottingham Forest away as well. Um, you know, it was a loud it was a loudish ground. Um, he didn't cope cope there either. So, you know, it's a real test of his mentality. Can he step up? Can he, you know, show his uh, credentials to play that number six position? It's going to be a big test for him. But one thing I would say, um, if I'm the, the manager, is, you know, uh, Arteta, that is, I think, you know, he needs to show faith um, in Lokonga. He needs to, to really talk him up and instill him with confidence because, you know, the, the squad role that he was signed for, um, for me, he's been given a lot of responsibility to be Partey's backup, you know, because in this summer, we were backed heavily. Um, Arteta decided where he was going to, you know, allocate that funds. We spent the most in Europe, um, 160 million. I think that's the most we spent in any one window ever um, in in our history, um, including, you know, when we signed in the likes of Pepe, etc., etc. And if you're investing in that's the one midfielder that you're bringing in. Um, and then I think, um, you know, he has to be ready to play and contribute personally. So, you know, if Lokonga's not able to, you know, do it and step up, you have to sort of question, you know, that 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 summer business personally, because yeah, especially when it's in a position where Partey, um, for me, he had a lot of injury question marks coming into this season. We don't know. Uh, what his level of fitness is going to be. We don't know his level of robustness. He hadn't shown us that um, in the Premier League. And so something like this injury is quite predictable. So, you know, um, I do think now Arteta needs to show us, or Lokonga needs to show us, um, sort of why he was drafted in um, to, to to be the third midfielder. Yeah, no, I think I think with this one as well is um, that, and we are, we are having the honest conversations. Not we we want Arsenal to do well. I think people sometimes misconstrue when you're having like a very honest and objective conversation that you're just being critical. But the, the fact of the matter is that the Congo was bought with the intention to be like close to the first team, and he hasn't been close to the first team for five months, mm. realistically. So, and that's not a good sign. Um, and he, I mean, we we will talk about Nuno Tavares as well, but he's supposed to be much closer to the first team than Nuno Tavares, like. Lukonga is supposed to be the, the third man in midfield, um, and we, we haven't used him at all, and it's just a bit disappointing. And I think the hope which he was brought in as well was he's the underlech captain. He is 22 years old. He's not 19, 20. He has some experience. He's a Belgian international. So this is a player that's supposed to be young, but with personality and, and already some experience. And now he seems a bit like, you know, like one of the youngsters that comes through the academy. I'm, I'm not quite sure if he's ready to step up yet. And I know we've made that comparison a few times and they're different players and the way that we, um, they'll be used are, is going to be different. Um, but when Gundizi came in, we didn't have those concerns because, you know, he was ready to play. And I don't think that Lokonga is at that stage yet, unless he shows us otherwise now in, the, in this run of, what, 10 games. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to be feeling like in this first season, he wasn't ready. And that, that, that that's going to be that. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. I hear that. And I guess the other position that we had, you know, a big injury um, is Kieran Tierney. It's looking like he's definitely going to be um, out for the season. 
um, with with knee problems. Um, and for me, um, this is one I would like to get your opinion on, uh, Dr. Lee, because I'm I'm kind of annoyed um, at the, the the sort of the the story around this um, because uh, the the way it's been reported is that Tierney has felt um, discomfort in his knee for a number of weeks, mm. right? But they they didn't scan it or he didn't ask for the scan or I don't really know how that works. But yeah, she, yeah, it wouldn't be him. It shouldn't. That shouldn't happen that way. But yeah, they yeah they didn't they didn't scan it. Um, he was playing on it, playing on it. Played um, 180 minutes. Um, into uh, Scotland friendlies. By contrast, I think Andy Robertson only played fifty-four minutes um, across those two across those two games. So um, you know, it is kind of disappointing to me that um, Tierney's not not been rested um, as much in in that internationals. And he comes back, the the, the discomfort has increased, um, and we now find out that he needs surgery. And to me. The reason I'm so disappointed is that we know this guy's injury record um, mm. so far. Arsenal has not been good. I feel like any sort of discomfort, we need to, you know, put that under the microscope and ensure we know what it is. We know how to manage it, etc. And I feel like it's almost irresponsible um, just saying play on, play on, play play for the pain kind of thing when we know that this guy is so key. I completely agree with you, but I, I think it's madness. Quite <laughs> like to you. Um, the whole story around it just seemed nuts to me. Um, if he had significant knee discomfort, he's had lots of injuries in the past. You, you certain players, it, it depends on what kind of discomfort, it depends on the examination, and it depends on the stress test and fitness test and stuff. But certain players, you just have to have like a heightened, in my opinion, you have to have a heightened degree of um risk management because of their previous track record. So I, I would have been investigating him from early and I would have 100% been investigating him before you letting him go on international duty. Um, mm. So I, it just sounds all a bit nuts to me, to be honest with you. And I completely agree. I feel like this is something that sounds from, I, again, I don't know detail, which is what difficult. It sounds like it was a preventable, preventable injury. And that's what's so annoying because if it was one of them injuries where it's not preventable, you playing a game and it just happened, fair enough. But it, it sounds like it could have been preventable to a degree. Which is just annoying. Um, mm. Is what it is, though. But yeah, I completely agree with you. It sounds like a just a bit of a shit show. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, Dad, anything you want to add on on the Tierney thing, the Tierney injury? Yeah, really. Um, just that I don't get why he was, if he had discomfort in his knee before and for a few weeks, why did we let him go on international break? It's the same. You know, see the way Liverpool have um, managed Trent. They said he 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 have some he has some niggles. They don't want him to go into national break. They're doing some, you know, uh, I don't know if they did scans or whatever, but they didn't let him go. They didn't release him, and um, the player stayed. The player, the player played a very good match last night. <laughs> He's fit. You need to manage, um, especially the, those sensitive cases like Tierney, like Partey. You need to try and manage them better, um, because yeah, I don't understand why he was allowed to go, um, and we didn't do a scan. We should have done the scan. Um, maybe would have detected something, maybe could have said actually he needs rest or whatever and he might have not played those two games and he'd be fit to play in the Palace game and be fit to play against Southampton. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not a medical professional, but you know, it just feels that negligent to me. Like That's what it feels like to me. Mm. Mm. Yeah, disappointing one. And yeah, he's confirmed um, out for the season following um, his operation he might even miss internationals so um the, the crucial internationals and i think you know that's something that these 
these managers, international managers, need to take into account now because you played them 90 minutes twice in two friendlies that don't matter. And now he's one of your better players. And now he's potentially going to be out for um, a prolonged period. Um, and he might miss your competitive game as a result. So, you know, cost-benefit there, was it really that worth it? You know, and I think some of these guys need to just start um, being managed better. Um, and I know Tierney, people say, talk about Tierney, like, you know, he gives everything 100%. I think he needs to now start managing his, his body and managing his career better because you're missing so much football um, that really and truly, are you going to, like, when you look back at it, are you going to say it's worth it that, yeah, you played two friendlies um, against whoever um, and now you've missed, you know, what could potentially be some of the best games of your your life and your career um, to date in a run into to securing um, securing top four. You know, I think it's a, it's a cost benefit and really when Arsenal are not really seeing too much of the benefit personally, but a lot of the cost um in, in 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 as far as I'm concerned. So you know his his understudy, Nuno Tavares, um I've got it here. He played 45 minutes, got hooked at half time. Um he played one minute at Wolves um on the 24th of February. Uh he played five minutes against Leeds 18th of December, two minutes against West Ham 15th of December, um 25 minutes at Everton uh, 6th of December. Um, otherwise, he basically has not been involved. So his last 90 minutes was on the 2nd of December against Man United, um, where I think he was at fault for a last goal um, there. So he's not played a lot of football at all um, recently in the past, you know, four or five months as well. So his cameo um, was not as good as um, Lokonga's. So you know, what do you guys, how do you guys feel about left-back now um, that Tierney's out for, for this uh, prolonged period? And, you know, what what's, what what's our potential solutions there? Do we just stick with Nuno? I think, um, I think, I think we've got to be sticking with the left-back there, right? I mean, we already have Partey probably not available midfield. It would feel weird. People are suggesting Jack at left-back. I feel like if, if it, it would feel weird um, going Jack at left-back, but and um as far as I as far as I um I know I understand from what Arsenal have communicated, Tomiyasu is not back until potentially after Southampton, which is after the Brighton game. So he's like two weeks away. So there's no solution of maybe playing Cedric left back, Tomiyasu right back, it's not gonna happen because he's not available. So who are, who's available is it's just Tavares. And um I think Tavares has definitely not been playing well since he's come out of the team. Um I think every Pretty much every game has been pretty bad, um, pretty bad cameos, and um, maybe it's to do with not playing much. Maybe it's just he's a bit he's a bit crazy as well. But I also feel like the way we set up and build up, I don't like when he has responsibility in build up because I don't think he's good at that. He, he takes risks, so when he takes those risks deeper in the pitch, I don't think he gave the ball away crazy times. But he just takes those little risks that might put his teammates in trouble. So I think when when he did play well. We had a different sort of, um, you know, setup when he was playing higher up and he was playing as the white guy hugging the touchline and ESI was inside. So that setup wasn't really there for that game. And um, he was also just poor defensively. And that the, those things together then, you know, results in a bad, bad performance. And I think it was similar for, I don't know which game it was where he got hooked the 35th minute. I think it was um, it was the, the FA Cup game, innit? So... 
maybe we need to tweak a little bit how we play. If Partey is not there, if Tierney's not there, you can't just write the same system every single time. The system might need little tweaks depending on the players available. So let, let's see, let's see how we get on. But I, I feel like if we are not using someone that we signed this summer as a left back, at left back when we need a left back, why did we sign him? You know, mm. um, got 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 economy for the coach to make it work a little bit. Um, if he again is pretty bad, maybe we have to look at different solutions. But you know, um, this guy gave us some good performances earlier this year. Mm. Yeah, he did. He did. You know, um, and I think you know it. It like as we said with Lokonga, you know, we we went into this summer um, saying we need a backup left back. The club identified um, Nuno Tavares, um, and he's played. You know, and as as uh, you said, we've we've seen um, some good performances from him. You know, I think uh, earlier in the season he was part of a good run of form that we went on. Um, we were where we had some some good some good games, and and I think he was actually a standout in a few of these performances. I think back to Aston Villa. Um, I think back to Leicester, where um, he was he was quite key. Um, in in how we were playing, how we were attacking, and 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 he looked quite good. So you know, I do think Arteta needs to work on uh, some of these uh, in-game man management um, things, um, and 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 he he will need to you know restore this guy's confidence because I think you know two two games recently he's obviously not been back to back, and as I said, he's come on as a sub um, last five minutes here and there um, when we've needed a goal, etc. When we tried to close the game out, but. You know, he's not been getting extensive minutes. Um, but I think he, he does need to, to restore this guy's confidence a little bit, you know, because he looked like he was shell-shocked um, uh, in, in, in a couple of those games. And and I think him coming off at half-time, it might knock his confidence. But, you know, I think when we... Um, I think when we uh, spoke about and, and we saw his... Um, we saw his... Uh, interviews when he first signed for the club he's a confident lad he believes in his um he believes in his ability so you know and you've just shared with me now that uh they're down the, the his fbrf stats and you know this guy he's got weapons you know um he's got he's got serious weapons he's got strings to his bow so you know we're looking at it um in terms of but for fullbacks he's in the high 90s um for shots i'm not sure that's where we want him um you know 99th percentile for shots that's quite funny um, but he's in high 90s for, you know, attacking touches, um, dribbles completed, progressive carries, um, his pass completions, not bad, 81st percentile, um, and passes attempted, 75th percentile, you know, um, and his expected assists, you know, nice nice green bars and, uh, uh, and his assists there as well, and his aerial duels and interceptions, 95th, 88th percentile there. So, you know, he's he's got weapons to his bow, you know, this is not um, a poor player. Um, especially going forward. So, you know, if we are able to get his confidence up, we are able to get the best out of him. That could be, you know, um, an additional weapon for us in in other games with a bit of unpredictability in the, the way that he plays and his ability to go inside and out. So, you know, I'm not writing him off um, just yet. I think there is a player in there, but we need to just ensure that we're getting him into the zones where he feels comfortable and where he's able to, you know, work and do 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 the good things that we've seen in previous matches as well. Yeah, and, and I agree with that, you know, because as I said, I feel like in this game, the ball was with him too lot in deep areas. You look at you look at that sheet, 
my progressive passer is very, very poor. He's one of the worst at passing, you know. That's not his skill. But we gave the ball to him a lot of times. Um, and I don't think he gave it away. It's not like he had like 60% pass accuracy. Probably was like in the 70s. Mm. But it was not good passes, you know. He's putting teammates under pressure. Um, because he because he risks things, he, 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 t- he you know, he takes a gamble. Um, you know, it doesn't work in those zones, I think. So he needs to be high and wide like he was used early on in the season. And if he is not used that way, he's going to cost us again. I can promise you that now because you can't you can't negate for that bozo gene that he's got. I mean, look at that guy's haircut, man. You think this is a serious individual? No. But he's got some skills, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, I don't know about these black Portuguese dons, man. But, you Bro. know, Nelson... Nelson Semedo's got got a sharp sharp trim now. I think you know, so you know, hey, listen, he, 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 he can't, not, give up, can't give up hope, bro. Let's not forget, man. When before Tarai was signed, this guy was lipsing up his dog. This guy is oh, crazy, man. Fuck, man. <laughs> Don't remind me, man. Yeah, Nelson Nelson Semedo's got a serious trim now, so you know he's he's improved as a player. I'm, I'm hearing it. So what are you saying? He needs to do the anti Samson, yeah. Cut off his cut off his lots. <laughs> Cut off his looks and you'll regain powers. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Got the cook special, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's definitely it's a it's a tough one. But I think, yeah, I, I think you know, I know people have been saying I saw stuff on Twitter, it's like, oh play Saka left back, play Jacka left back, this that, and the other. I don't think that we should weaken other areas of the, the team just because a left back um has gone down. For me, um, I think you know we've seen it in recent weeks. Shaka in midfield makes us stronger. Saka is our best right wing option, and the level drops severely. I think when um, those guys are not playing in their in their positions. So for me, we need to stick with Nuno. Um, maybe if Tommy is back, you can think about Cedric there. But um, I'm, I'm not really trying to see any other solutions there in the, in the left back position. I'll, I'll be honest, though. I, I... You can, you know what Ateta's like, yeah. Mm. He might, he might give Nuno another opportunity against Brighton. If he mm. doesn't do well, it's going to be Saka left back and probably Pepe right wing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I think I, I feel like he's going to do that. I feel like he's going to do that. If 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 he, as I said, I'm not even sure he might even do this next game already. Mm. But I think he might give Nuno an opportunity to redeem himself if he doesn't. If he doesn't do well enough in his opinion, I can one hundred percent see Saka left back very, very, very soon. And because Pepe in the in the end and towards the end of last season, he was notching goals. So mm. and um, I don't know, Pepe is a bit of a mood player, and every now and then he will hit a you know a hot streak. So I think I might want to gamble on that and. I mean, he can't hurt us as much from right wing as Nuno Torres can with his defending at left back. So he might try and negate that. And I, I could definitely see that coming very soon if Tavares doesn't pattern up. Mm. What about what? How do you feel about um, this three-five-two that we did? Um, so it was Xhaka left centre back, Gabriel in the middle, and Ben White right centre back. Then we had Martinelli and Saka as wing backs. Um, and then uh, what was the midfield? Uh, Lokonga, Erdegaard, ESR, and then uh, yeah, so yeah, ESR, and then um, and Lacazette up top, you know, 
Um, that, that's kind yeah. of what we tried against City, didn't we? Early on this season, we yeah, tried this kind of stuff before. So, um, I don't know. It, I, again, I feel like physically that midfield is weak. Mm. Um, but there are some players in there when ESR and Odegaard are on song, it's hard to get the ball off them. And I can't lie, second half, we, we, we hooped on, on, on Palace a little bit, you know, but. What are the next games? What Brighton and Southampton? I don't know. I'm Brighton right. play three at the back. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think I would prefer that to taking to put putting Saka as like an out and out left back. Personally, mm. um, uh, I thought I thought that left side, especially combined, um, with these it's just, it's just, it's just, un- it's just unbelievable to be honest. Mm. I mean, he didn't have the best mm. game, but like he just has those quality moments where he's still if, like, yeah, I think, I think he could play that obviously easily. Um, Martinelli has to play. Mm. Uh, people need to wake up, man. This this guy has to play, man. He mm. brings something to our team uh, to the game that we don't have from any other player. Mm. You know, he has to play. Um, <sighs> Yeah, it's a techie I, one, man. You know what? I don't get why he hasn't tried that yet. Yeah, I don't get why he hasn't tried Martinelli up top yet. Mm. Because, yeah, like as that sets the ball nice every now and then. What else does he do? He doesn't Bro. do fuck all. We've, we've not even discussed him because it's it's pointless discussing this guy. It's pointless. But <laughs> try. I need to just. I need to see Martinelli up top. I need to see it be trialed at least. And, and then and the, the, left back or right. The, you know, I need the, to see it. The thing is, though, right? Like. This Lacazette thing, I think uh, he's not even like really. I don't even think he's really good technically. Yeah, I think he's okay, right? Like yeah, he's, good, because, he's, he's good technically. I give him that. I think. I think. I, I think he's okay because it's so. I think he looks nice doing stuff. Yeah, but I think he's he's very inconsistent with his actions for me. Right. So like. In the in and around the box, I think he he has he can do some nice stuff. Like there's even even games where he'll burst away from a man, right? He'll he'll be on the run and he'll dribble past them and then uh, and then and then release someone, right? And it, it, I think yeah, I'll, let me let me let me be fair to him. I think when he executes stuff, he does it well. Yeah, but I think his ability to execute stuff is very hit and miss, and that's the thing that really bothers me is that he gets away with. A lot of fumbles and a lot of um, breakdowns in possession, just because when he does come off, it looks nice, right? So, like, if you played Martinelli up top and you played it into his feet, he may not be able to control every single one flat, but I feel like he'll give you probably the same amount of link up that Lacazette does. You know, um, he might not win as many fouls. He might not be as, you know, physical with the centre-backs and whatnot. But I think we'll just play that striker position in a different way. Because you look at this game, um, especially from Lacazette, he couldn't set a single thing. He couldn't set a single thing. Like, he, I think in the first, like, five minutes, you know, we'll talk about Darwin Nunes and his layoffs and how he's splitting our centre-backs with some of his... Uh, some of his he's splitting his own centre backs with some of his his try his attempted passes back and Lacazette was doing the same. Like we're passing the ball to him and he's kicking it. Gabriel's having to chase after the ball. Jack is having to chase after the ball. Partey's you know on the stretch trying to control some of the passes that he's bringing back. There's like limited pass appreciation there from from Lacazette. And I'm saying like you know this is what you're in the team to do. This is what people are saying is your superpower, right? This is what people are saying 
you're you're providing for us. So when you're not even giving us that, why are you on the pitch? Why are you there? You know, it was Boy. it was a it was it was a horrible, horrible performance from him. And you know, I'm getting heated because you know, I think that's <laughs> like fam, I've been so, since last season, I've been saying that this guy is just not good, you know. I and I know he scored what like 12, 13 goals in the league last season or something like that. Um, so people the, you know, the problem with Lacazette is you know what the problem is with Lacazette, Lacazette is good, that's the problem, and he's not good enough though. So we are not in this in this space where there's people like you and me who are just tired of him. We want rid. When there's other people that look at him like, oh, he still does some good stuff. Yeah, he's good, but that, that boy is 30 years old and he costs 52 million. You know, like that. that Bro, he's playing like he's he's playing like he's 40 though. He's playing like he's 40. Yeah, he's playing I know. like he's 40. He's not Crazy. 30 is not old in football. I'm sorry, 30 is not no, old. No, no, in no, football, it's not. Man. It's not. It's not old. Played over four or five seasons, to be honest. Yeah, like. You should actually be at the peak of your powers right now at 30, you know, and then maybe you talk about, yeah, uh, you, you, you start dipping a little bit. But you look at it, Aubameyang, he had his best season for us when he's 30 years old. You look at even even on the Wenger, um, you know, some of these players that uh, you know we, we, we didn't like to um, give them long contracts after 30. But a lot of them were playing some of their best football age 30. You look at Vieira, you look at um, Henri, he went to Barcelona at 29 you know, um, and still showed out there for three more seasons before he went MLS. Um, you know, you look at uh, Pires uh, and some of these guys, they were playing at the top level um, when they're 30. And that is, you know, what, 20, 20 years ago, let alone now when sports science has gone on, you know, leaps and bounds. This guy should not be blowing or looking this shit age 30. He actually shouldn't be. Like, there's you know, no... You know there's no, the problem is for a title, though? Lacazette is one of the senior players on the team. He, he made him one of the leaders. He is one of the leaders now. He's one of the designated leaders of that team. So in this crucial running, I don't think he, he can afford to drop him mm. because he wants everything to be rosy. He wants the mood to, you know, correct. So he can't really drop Lacazette. He's in this in this scenario. He can't really drop Lacazette, man. Like, is, are you going to get performance out of him if you drop him for two games and bring him back in? Probably not. You only get it if you get bring him every game, you know? So... Yeah, it's peak. There's no alternative to him really. Um, to start, um, that I think I he's viable or senior enough because we don't have it. There's no Abamian. You could say Abamian's playing now. Like I said, it's on the bench. He has to hold it because this is a player better and more senior than to him. There's if you start Eddie now, boy, like I said, be looking at him like, what's going on here? Mm. And then Eddie might give you a shocking performance as well because he's very, he's very much capable of that. <laughs> So yeah, I don't see him doing doing much changes there, but I would love to see him try it. Um, but I don't think he's going to do it. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a tech one, and I'm and, and and I can't lie to you, man. I need I need this guy out of the team. I don't think there's a situation where I'll accept um, Lacazette extending in any capacity. I think mm. you know at this point we need to cut our losses um, and and get get rid of him. Um, it's 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 what I've seen from this guy. It's it's just not good enough, man. It's just enough not good enough, enough what I'm seeing from him. Enough is enough. Enough really is enough. Um and um yeah, I'm sick and tired. I'm actually sick and tired of it, sick and tired of it um completely. So yeah. Dan, um thank you for joining me. Um and thanks to Dr. Leroy as well. He had to jump off um to to deal with some 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 medical medical stuff. Um he's out there saving <laughs> save, saving lives as always. Um so uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been a Touchy Gooners.
podcast with your boy Dan Coogs. As I said, if you listen on Spotify um, and Apple, any platform you're listening on, make sure you drop uh, that five-star review, get us up the charts, get us where we should be, man, amongst the best podcasts um, out there, especially the best sports ones, you know. So um, do us a favour. We'll appreciate that um, a lot. So, Dan, thanks for joining me. um, And we'll catch you guys after um, the Brighton game. Um, I believe so. Yeah. yeah, hopefully we're back to winning ways after that one. We Peace. Have to be, we have to be best. Man could have had that fight, but I'm in walk on site. Man had to grab that man. You're not gonna spit this time. Trying to work with a good oh, energy. Man gonna work with a bad man vibe. None of these guys can't do that. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's foul. Man That's side. the response of Arsenal. Across the line, score for my team in the time I play. Whatever I know when man is that. Man can't say that. Simply lost their focus in the joy of equalising. But I was seeing right. Man could have had that fight. Sports Social Podcast Network.